The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. We've got a fantastic show in store for you today. We talk with Jack Hamlin, the president, the founder of Summit Engineering and also of movement in Colorado called Energy Strong Colorado. Jack Hamlin and myself talk about the recent shift in Colorado's perception when it comes to oil and gas. In fact, the governor recently declared a war on oil and gas. They've had Proposition 112, SB Senate Bill 181. We talk about that in detail with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Fantastic interview. Kind of a state of what's going on in the world of environmentalism industry, oil and gas, and just all-around capitalism. Just a moment, Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. This is the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for tuning in and being part of the program here today at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, let's get right to it. Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Sure, Jack Hamlin. Uh, Energy Strong and Summit Engineering. Energy Strong and Summit Engineering, kind of a two-for-one interview here. That's what happens a lot of times when you talk with the experts and leaders in oil and gas. They're also active in the community of industry. So uh, we'll talk about both Summit Engineering and Energy Strong in just a second. But uh, kind of the uh, thing that brought us together here is a golf tournament coming around the, the pipe. And my understanding is the uh, proceeds are going to go to the nonprofit Energy Strong. So we should probably give a nice plug for the golf tournament, let people know. A lot of people, they, they look for things to do on, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays during the week. So, uh, Mr. Jack Hamlin, how are you doing today? Doing awesome, Jason. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the time today. And, uh, yeah, the golf tournament is hosted by uh, M. Prestiza. Um, it's the Denver Midstream Classic, and um, as you mentioned, the proceeds of their uh, tournament revenue uh, will will be donated to the the um, nonprofit arm of the Energy Strong Group to help uh, advocate and educate for the oil and gas industry. And Ju- uh, July sixteenth is what we're looking at. Okay, and talk to me about Energy Strong. You've uh, you mentioned your. You've got a role within Energy Strong, so let's talk talk about the role that you have in Energy Strong, and then the organization. Sure, there's uh, there's four people uh, that we've made a a board, and uh, four people are kind of officers on that board, um, and we're we're running that uh, that organization to have two components to it. One's going to be a for profit business that's where we'll be able to raise uh, funding for, for 
local and regional political candidates run commercials and that. And then the other side will be the nonprofit arm, as we discussed, to help um, uh, educate and advocate for the industry. So do things like um, fundraise for for schools, um, for educational material, um, any sort of nonprofit activity. And then, um, yeah, we're able to kind of switch back and forth between the two. So there's some pretty stringent rules upon, around what you can do with the monies you get. Uh, one of them being uh, you have to be a, you can't be a nonprofit and support uh, political candidates. And so from our end with what's going on in Colorado right now, uh, that's an absolute must. Um, we're kind of getting mopped up right now uh, on the political side. Uh, I talked to you back when, when Prop 112 was hitting, and um, that felt like after we got through it, it was a victory. And then because of the way the, the elections ended up, uh, Senate Bill 181 hit us like a freight train, and, and there was just a realization within our group that there was no voice for the oil and gas industry here locally. Um, the the historical methods of, of trying to communicate with the community just wasn't working because it had been shifted. The, the narrative and the, and the discussion has been shifted mainly on social media and very grassroots. Um, so so the we realized we needed a mechanism to, to kind of counter that in the same fashion, online, uh, social media driven, and then being able to eliminate a lot of the filtered messaging that the oil and gas industry typically uh, puts out there uh, seemed to be pretty ineffective. So we, we were looking at, at the events and the, the town hall meetings and the, the legislative proceedings and realizing that um, not a lot of people understood the political process and when these meetings were happening and uh, we had to get people mobilized. That, that's kind of at its essence what this was about was educating people that were in the oil and gas industry and, and peripheral companies and people who supported it educating them on, on what was going on, when the meetings were happening, live streaming those meetings for those who couldn't attend so they could watch on their computer what was happening, uh, what was being said, the narratives that were being um, pushed. And um, ultimately, I think what all of us realized was uh, it was alarming to hear uh, what a lot of the community thought about our industry. Um, and we had to um, really realized that this isn't what kind of came out of it is not a partisan issue it's trying to be made one but it's really not it's it's around energy independence and how do we get better at um explaining to people what we do and how how safe it is the one thing that the crude life here we've been tracking for a while is the the rise of the environmentalism and we wa you know we watched it happen in Colorado right before our eyes, and they they had a backup plan, which was uh, SB one eighty one. Is that what it's called? Correct. Yeah, Senate Bill one eighty one. And, and it, to me, it seemed like a Trojan horse type of a situation. To where, um, from the outside looking in, I when when I saw the governor come out, Governor Colorado come out and use the word war on oil and gas and. All of a sudden, you know, pretty soon this this new 
restrictions, which essentially ends up being a ban on, on certain areas because you deal with feet and, and public safety and, and that sort of thing. Um, how did that kind of the political politicalness happen, I guess, you know, because I've been going to Colorado for five years and generally I stay in Fort Collins when I go. Um, I don't mind driving 45 minutes into Denver. I can't deal with Denver's traffic, man. It gets a little t intense for somebody who doesn't live in it day to day. And it's nice, yeah. nice to have horse tooth so close. You can just go and hike if you want at the end of the day type of a thing. Um, but in the breakfast bars in the morning, you know, I'd be talking to strangers and they'd look over their shoulder before they said they worked in the oil and gas industry. And that was weird to me because I always thought Colorado embraced the oil and gas industry. So I watched the evolution happen over the course of like five years. And um, talk to me from your perspective how that evolution kind of happened. Yeah, so the evolution was, was um, it was quick. So I completely agree with you where people kind of have, have, some people have started to look over their shoulder before they, they discuss uh, what they do in oil and gas. Um, a large amount of us, including myself, don't. We're very proud of what we do. And having seen it and been boots on the ground in the industry for 11 years, um, very educated on what goes on. And so there's, when I look at it, uh, it's really interesting. That, so you've got the same groups. Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Getting ready for the storm. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Having seen it and been boots on the ground in the industry for 11 years, um, very educated on what goes on. And so there's, when I look at it, uh, it's really interesting that so you've got the same groups that all want the same thing is what 
it boils down to. So uh, we consider ourselves environmentalists. When you look at like air quality's never been cleaner. Um, that's a fact. Ever since the EPA was instituted, uh, our air has never been cleaner as it is today. That's because of natural gas consumption, um, converting old coal plants, converting uh, other infrastructure to, to take clean domestic natural gas. The, the evolution of this, it, it, it really, it rocked our industry. And, and that is what created energy. Strong. And uh, that's why I think there's been such a, um, uh, people have kind of clamored to that. Uh, we, we've got over 15,000 members on social media uh, on, on a group that was effectively started, a, you know, during Prop 112, just six, six or seven months ago. Um, so, the, so the evolution was, uh, when you look at how Senate Bill 181 happened and, and how we got where we are today in such a short period of time, yeah, Prop 112 came through. That was all the focus. We fought that. The state spoke. I mean, it was it was beat by a very sound margin that they don't want those types of restrictions on the oil and gas industry because it is uh, an important piece of not only the economy and jobs and all that, but energy prices and uh, combating uh, energy poverty and and. Even our, our biggest detractors, they get they, they get in the shower every morning on you know using a hot water heater, turn on their AC or furnace, get in a car that's powered by fossil fuels and made by fossil fuels, and so our perspective was, you know we're we know we're we're doing a good thing. It is virtuous. Fossil fuels are virtuous. Uh, that's why people that you know come and uh, argue against fossil fuels, they still use the product every day. It's the realization there is how do we communicate and, and prepare better? So during Prop 112, we're looking at that. That gets beat and then out of the blue for a lot of people. Some people may have known about it, but out of the blue, I didn't really understand how government worked, to be honest with you, at a, at a regional and state level. Didn't realize that these types of laws could be passed without a vote or being put onto a ballot. That's partly my own uh, ignorance there, but a lot of people have that. They're not engaged in day-to-day -day politics and the the town hall meetings and the meetings and um, uh, state legislative meetings and that. And so uh, as these things started to unravel, we realized, you know, that, yeah, we beat Prop 112 and Senate Bill 181 came through, and that is a much larger threat to our industry and our way of life. Um so the evolution was so fast, we needed an agile group of people that would show up and weren't afraid to speak a message that wasn't filtered, that was just, this is the story. And my particular story is that I, I own an, and operate an engineering company that our whole purpose is to make sure that the facilities and the pipeline systems that we design are the absolute safest and environmentally friendly facilities and pipelines on the planet. And that's not an exaggeration. Colorado sets a precedent for the entire globe on d developing oil and gas facilities and resources the, the best way. And there's no other way to put it. We are the gold standard for the entire world. It's The stuff we build is extremely safe. Uh, it's got very low footprint. Uh, it's it's evolving. The, the amount of technology that's deployed on these facilities and, and drilling programs and infrastructure, it's unparalleled 
Um, and what I've realized is that it's the education piece. Again, going to these these town hall meetings and speaking in front of the, the state legislature, I want to engage the people that think we're evil or that we're not doing good things and understand their perspective so that we can communicate to them in something that makes sense instead of drawing a battle line and everybody lobbing you know, artillery at each other. That's not going to work here. And today, it's you know, Colorado's unique. We've got communities. You've got commu- you've got communities on top of existing and newfound oil and gas reserves, and they're all competing with um, you know industry and environmentalism. So you've got like this perfect storm of of things happening at like this epicenter of one of the largest producing basins in the country, and so you've got. Uh, you've got people who are um, who have oil and gas development in their in their communities, and they uh, were oil and gas is not doing a good job at communicating what and how they're doing things, in my opinion. And so that's that's really the problem we need to solve. That's uh, actually the topic I spoke on at the Energy Expo was uh, the paradigm shift that's happened essentially. And I've got this I've got this written down for three more questions later, but as long as you bring it up. Um, one of the, my, my critiques has been that the there's been a paradigm shift, and this is no secret. You know, I, I drop names now. John Gibson from One Oak, Harold Hamm from Continental Resource, James Volker from Whiting uh, Resources, Lee Tillman from Marathon Oil. These people have all been on our program, and they've all said there's been a paradigm shift in the way that oil and gas is done. Hydraulic fracturing, Horizontal drilling has created a, a paradigm shift. And when you step back and when you think about it, okay, that's true from you know a roughneck standpoint. They're not slinging chains anymore like they were, were in the old days. From an engineering standpoint, the thing that you said earlier about the cleanest air in the history of the world is true. And the United States is the one who's actually bringing the regulations over to other countries. So not only... Is it true in the United States? We're actually cleaning the air because of the fossil fuel regulations that we've learned uh, from over the past. Um, and so when, when you kind of keep, I'm sorry, were you going to jump in there? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I'm very passionate about it. So I, I was born in 1978, right? So I'm, I'm a child grown up through the 80s and 90s. When I was growing up, there was in Denver. There was a brown cloud over the city. We had leaded fuel. There was leaded paint. There was aerosol problems. Uh, I watched dirty, dirty air became clean. Even though our population has more than quadrupled, the air has gotten cleaner. So think about that. Our population's exploding, and our air is actually getting cleaner. And the same thing holds true with oil and gas production. These these. The thing that's that's never talked about in any of these meetings is just how technologically advanced oil and gas drilling has become. With less of a footprint, with drilling rigs become much more efficient, so you need less of them to do more. The impact on designing multi-well pad facilities has been unbelievable. So you're taking, you're 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 drilling and and putting way more wells in a compact area and then horizontally drilling those out. And so your footprint's less, your emissions are less. So uh, as, as drilling uh, in our state has also uh, grown exponentially, I think four or five times in the, 
in the last 20 years. The emissions from oil and gas have gone down 50%. Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers, and here's to the lonely drinker, but don't you Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Uh, and our state has also uh, grown exponentially, I think, four or five times in the, in the last 20 years. The emissions from oil and gas have gone down 50 percent. So when, when, when you look at what you're talking about here is that the, the technological innovations are actually, you know, they, they, they're like putting a guy on the moon, basically, because I grew up around the same time you did. And there was a book, Harry the Dirty Dog. And Harry went out and he got dirty in the coal mines. He got dirty in the oil and gas chutes. And he was just, you know, it, it basically every day you were told coal and oil and gas are dirty. And then I remember the first time going to Pittsburgh, I thought, this is a gorgeous city. Wow, I, this is not dirty. This isn't like I, I thought it would be and, and everything else. So it to me, the, getting back to the paradigm shift, you know, okay, the way that we drill, we had to paradigm shift. Go to the human resources department. Go to the engineering firms. Do you think big data has changed how they do business? Absolutely. So the paradigm shift happened there too. I think it's time, and this is what I spoke about, 
that the, the way that oil and gas approaches public relations and marketing and everything else needs a paradigm shift as well. Because when you, when, when you look at what we've done over the last 10 years, we have made more money as an industry with $100 oil than any other 10-year period in the history of oil and gas. And when you look at the body of work that's already been done, and this was a hard pill for us to swallow at the conference, I, I had to change my business three years ago, and, and we can get into that too, but when we look at the 10 years of the body of work that's been done with the most money we've ever made and the most money we've ever spent as an industry, we just got banned in Colorado. Oregon passed the same thing through their Senate. Wyoming did some ban on the BLM land. We have two presidential candidates, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, actively as part of their platform, having a public discussion about banning fossil fuels, and the new Green Deal puts us out of business in 10 years. So we yeah. have, it's, it's time to really rethink how we do things. And you're, 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 you're tugging at every heart spring that I've got. I'm very passionate about this oh, industry. It's the last bastion for capitalism, man. Without this, I, 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 I mean, that's how dire I'm trying to hang on to oil and gas. I truly believe it's the last bastion for capitalism. If you want to get really deep with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Jason, going back to, I tell you how I grew up every presidential and regional candidate politically ran on energy independence. That's how important it was. We we were going to war over this resource within my lifetime. And I'm I'm 41 years old. It ain't that it's not that long ago. And in the last 5 years there's been such a monumental shift from okay, we've we've achieved energy independence for the most part. We've achieved that energy independence and now this shift is to um, not want it or want to want to use it. It's it's so abstract. Um, the industry very clearly has a hard time responding to that. And when I talk about filtered messaging earlier, that will not work here, and it's not working. It it's a waste of money, in my opinion, to try and filter your messaging such that tries not to offend or or be too strong on a message one way or the other. We have a great story to tell in oil and gas, and the people that work in this industry believe that. And the people that use our products every day, they believe that somewhere or they would not use it. I truly believe that. And so I think it's it's time, as you said, taking the gloves off is the wrong language, but it's time to just tell our story and stand our ground and really get on the offensive of here's here's why this product is so great. And really drill down into it's not about jobs. It's not about revenue for a lot of people. It's about how will this impact my daily life? And what is this product? How does this product get to my gas nozzle, my gas meter at my house, my propane tank? How does that get here? That that message means we need to engage people at a grassroots level and explain to them what the, the narrative that's being said, like that, that book you just said about the dirty dog, it's the same thing. The stuff that I'm hearing in testimony at the Capitol building and in town halls is 100% incorrect. There is nothing, virtually everything that we're combating right now is anecdotal data, right? Some Somebody's opinion, they've got a headache, they get nosebleeds. 
Oh, you're dealing with emotion. Good luck. You're dealing with pure Good luck. emotion. Good luck. You're, you're, you're well, not you're not going to beat emotion because you're dealing with somebody's actual experience, which is their emotion. And it doesn't matter if it's any fact behind it. Don't let hey, don't let facts get in the way of things. That's that's not how this is not how I, I mean. Those poor guys up at Meridian, up up in Meridian, they're they're building the cleanest refinery in the planet, right? Um, and we we've had we've had their engineering firms on talking about the you know, the bends and pipes and explaining, you know, the different things that are being done to make this thing clean and the emissions that are going to be down, yada, yada. They had 10,000 um, emails sent to the state against them, right? Because they were a refinery. 97% of them were identical. That's that's the new age of what's going on here is that the, the templates are being done and they have like an orchestration behind them. That, There's lots that, of coordination. Yeah, and, and essentially what it's designed to do is it's it's designed to hemorrhage people out. It's designed to ha- hemorrhage them out and bleed them out, and maybe maybe they'll go out of business or or something along those lines. I truly believe that's what it is. Are you familiar well, yeah. with the term? Uh, are you familiar with the term? Uh, what was it? Boulder Democrat. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that term thrown around. And that's like kind of, you know, it's an extreme environmentalist is, is kind of the way I gathered from it. And yet they have a lot of control in the government. Is that, is that? Yeah, I mean, in Colorado, in Colorado, the. Um, it, yeah, it was used in Colorado. They said basically that the, you know, Boulder Democrats got control of the, the you know, government. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a handful of them from Boulder that are in, in key positions, including the governor of the state and, um, uh, Okay. Speaker and the Speaker of the House, and and they've um, they're great great at coordination and orchestration of these things, and that's where the narrative has been. Uh, our industry needs to combat that. Again, going back, we do a great thing. I opened, I penned a letter to the Denver Post, got got picked up and published, and and that letter was opening my, the doors of our engineering company, our our business, my my business, and the oil and gas industry. It is grounded in science and technology. There is more science and technology deployed day to day than any other industry that I can think of outside of aerospace. And I open the doors to, to the entire community, people that, that want to just learn more, people that are anti-fossil fuels, so to speak, come into our office, talk to some of our engineers that are educated right in Boulder, CU Boulder, Colorado School of Mines in Golden. We have local talent here is among the best in the world. Why not use them to solve this problem instead of legislation that isn't voted on by people, by, by, by the people? Nothing, none of this was put on a ballot. And that, that's our biggest, uh, I think that's our biggest uh, challenge here is that um, we need to engage those people to explain what is going on and how it's being done. And just how safe it is. Our engineering company makes sure of it. The engineering companies in Denver, they all make sure of it. They have the best engineers in the world. Some of the best engineers in the world look over these facilities, soup to nuts, top them, and make sure that every piece and part of that infrastructure meets or exceeds all federal, state, and local standards. The, the producers and the midstream operators that we deal with they are stewards of the land. And I get chuckles when I've said that before, but it's the absolute truth. 
Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water, even when the rain falls. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. The, the producers and the midstream operators that we deal with, they are stewards of the land. And I get chuckles when I've said that before, but it's the absolute truth. Anytime we're engaged with any client, it's safety first, and everyone's got stop work authority. Their plants are and, and, and facilities are so clean you could eat off the floor. They're, they're built to be intrinsically safe. They spend millions of dollars engineering facilities to make sure that they're safe, not only from an operation standpoint, but from a standpoint of thinking of, of all the employees in the facility and the community around the facility, making sure that day-to-day uh, -day operations are completely safe. So it, it's it's go, going back to the letter I penned. I penned this letter, got picked up. We've we've opened the doors. We we want to engage with the, with the detractors and the community. Hey, help us! Tell us what you think so we can design a better facility. What don't you like about it? Is it zero emissions? Great. We're working on zero emissions facilities. We design zero emissions facilities for our clients. We can do that. It's it's just a matter of uh, our, our entire uh, country right now. It's outside of even oil and gas. Feels like it's, if you don't understand it, if you don't like it, ban it. Not in my backyard mentality. Instead of a, um, you know, come together and let's solve this problem using uh, our talent here in the states. Let's let's use our, our local talents to solve these problems. Instead, it feels like um, kind of the the trendy thing to do is just if you don't like it, ban it. Well, that's where you know we've we've been talking about this for a while about how ridiculous 
in fact, that's why the crude life went non-political was because everything was so polarizing. You couldn't even get a, uh, you know, a Colorado Rockies score on ESPN without them telling you how to feel about the national anthem. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to get some scores. And you guys are doing a half hour debate on the national anthem. And this is Sports Center. Okay. And then he clicked the channel. Oh, it's the Kardashians. So it's either Kardashians or extreme polarization. There was like nothing in the middle. And so we found, we found a great little market for people who actually kind of, you know, wanted just some, some civil discourse and, and didn't get into the bombastic, sensational nature of, of, of the media. And, and anyway, I, I, kind of one of the reasons I brought that up was because, um, you know, I, I honestly think what's going on here is really problematic. And the way that they're able to bring it to a, a platform like they have um, to get uh, in the national deal to where we're no longer trying to ban straws anymore. Let's just ban the whole industry. That's where it's getting crazy because we don't need to get into the PVC pipes and, you know, and the amount of gas and just the percentage of things that is petroleum products that operate our lives because we all know that. Um, we've been talking about this on our pro program for probably two years. We've issued a challenge to any environmental group that we would – gladly do a civilized debate with them why the energy industry is the leader in saving the earth and the leader in the environmental movement and we're not kidding i mean that's that's the orwellian world we live in right now to where they're trying to the average environmentalist right now is a texting trolling curing drinking point the finger at environmentalists they're not actually doing much to be a part of the solution they're actually causing more problems because cell phones are the number one pollutant on the planet. And between the, the mining of them, be, behind the data centers, and the construction and manufacturing and distribution of them, there's, no, there's not even close second. And so um, to me, I liked what you said earlier about being progressive. I, I actually think it's time for oil and gas to become progressive and take control of the narrative again. And, you well, know- enter, enter energy strong. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what, um, the mission is and it's it's uh very clearly and we want to make it um just crystal clear that it's a nonpartisan group we're not uh the business that i run and operate it's got it's it's a very diverse group of people there's there's republicans democrats unaffiliated anything else you could think of that we employ them and i love that that diversity gives us our strength energy strong oil and gas should not be a politicized argument it should not be partisan that was some that was most of our testimony uh, the energy strong testimony that we gave during Senate Bill 181 here at proceedings was watching this bizarre kind of procedure unfold and it being voted on along party lines and through the whole process not one single person crossed a party line and changed their vote and I thought all these hundreds of hours of testimony showing how safe the industry is, how uh, how well the, the community, a lot of communities receive it. If you look at Weld County, people are flocking there because of oil and gas development, not in spite of it. And it's uh, our, our all of our testimony was was around that just just should, shouldn't should not be the, this partisan issue. We should be engaging each other to solve these problems. And if it's a uh, aesthetic issue if it's a truly health uh, if it's a true health and safety issue 
let's figure out what that issue is and we can solve that. And I believe we can solve that through engineering and, and discourse, not moratoriums and banning. And that's my big, you know, that that's at the heart and soul of energy strong. That's what we want. We want, we want to engage people that want to learn more people that don't like us, people that are undereducated or miseducated about the industry. And we want to do it in a way that, that where we do stand our ground. Yes, we want we want to understand where people are coming from, even people in Boulder, even the Boulder Democrats. I, I'm not going to lose a friend over their political affi- affiliation. I want to understand where they're coming from and why. Why do they talk? Why are they have such a long, uh, a, a loud volume against the industry? But they use our products every day. Why is that? I mean, it's it's a head scratching uh, paradox. I cannot figure out, but I really want to, and the group that we have at Energy Strong really wants to. And that was Jack Hamlin with Energy Strong Colorado and also Summit Engineering. To listen to the full length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. It's part of the Crude Life Media Network. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and joining today's program. That's going to do it for today. We'd like to thank the radio stations and also anybody listening on the Internet or maybe downloaded us via a podcast. We'll be back tomorrow on this radio station at this time. And, of course, if you've downloaded one of our podcasts, they ask me to ask you to leave comments because people apparently it's how we get graded these days so i'm not even sure what all that means but uh i've been told by many many people under the age of 35 that uh i need more comments on my podcast so uh for us at the radio shows and the radio shows we happen to podcast and in order to get our radio shows we need to do interviews so we happen to podcast the interviews as well so uh it's kind of one of those things where we're not quite a square fitting in a square peg yet you know we still are a little bit of a triangle and a hexagon and an octagon and you know we got a lot of pegs and we're kind of all of those things at one time and as much as people try to put us through that square peg sometimes i just don't fit here at the crude life media network and jason Spees. but oh well thank goodness we live in america from the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to save your life and enjoy the spice. In the peace, it's just you and me, baby, singing it like we did in the good old days. Yeah, we're singing it like they did in the good old days because we're back to the way. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. 
with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 